Watch closely on any pick and roll, and the defense will show you what it fears most. Because it's in those situations that a team has to choose what it can live with and what it can't. A defensive scheme is really nothing more than a plan to avoid the most devastating outcome. You trap a dangerous scorer to take the ball out of his hands. You stay home on shooters to avoid giving up backbreaking threes. And if you're playing against the Houston Rockets, you do everything in your power to keep the ball away from Clint Capella. That may seem counterintuitive. Houston runs its offense through James Harden, who was the MVP this season and led the league in scoring. Alongside him, the Rockets have Chris Paul, an all-time great point guard having another predictably great year. Capella isn't that caliber of star. He's a 24-year-old from Switzerland who's really just starting to stake his claim after four years in the NBA. But in this specific circumstance, he can present an even bigger threat than his high-profile teammates. If the Rockets can get the ball to a rolling Capella with any kind of opening, they put their offense on the surest path to efficient scoring. This is Capella's approach. They always finish as a, as a first option. Sometimes they already know, which makes me have to figure out something else. Uh, so it's all about what they give to me. I'll take it. And when Capella takes on the role, he makes 70% of his attempts. And that's without accounting for all the fouls he draws in the process. That's the kind of threat that sets the rules of engagement. It's a big part of why teams like the Jazz want to drop back to the rim as much as possible, or why teams like the Warriors want to switch on Capella's roles. It's telling that, even in a world where everyone wants to slow down Harden, he can drive around a Capella screen against the majority of opponents and get all the way to the rim. You may think of Capella as a sort of decoy in those scenarios. You'd be wrong. A decoy in the sense of... If they take him away, then he's a decoy, but if they don't take him away, he's a, so he's a main, main thrust of what we do. This is Rockets coach Mike D'Antoni, who, frankly, would know. Uh, his ability to be able to put pressure on the rim with lobs and bounce pass and finishes sucks the defense in. It gives our three-point shooters shots. Uh, he, he makes our offense go. That offense is one of the most prolific in NBA history, one that, it should be noted, was at its best with Capella on the floor this season. The Rockets are a team that can max out their spacing by putting four shooters around Harden whenever they want. But having Capella on the floor opens up entire subsets of offense. Not only the lobs and the duck-ins and the putbacks, but Harden's drives and Paul's mid-range jumpers and open threes everywhere. This is the power of a proper finisher. It might seem simple, but the two-man game only reaches this level when it's weighted to a perfect balance. On one end, you have masterful creators like Harden and Paul. And on the other, there's Capella, a player who finishes with such apparent ease that he hides all the complexity he brings to his craft. I'm Rob Mahoney, and you're listening to Breakaway. The only reason we don't talk about Capella as a prodigy of spacing and timing is that we're biased to the ball. We're trained through years of watching and playing and thinking about basketball to recognize the artistry of the pass. 
but there's such obvious intelligence in the act of assisting that we forget that the player receiving the ball is working to create that same opportunity on their own parallel timeline. While Harden sets up his defender with a few dribble moves, Capella sizes up the possession from a completely different angle. D'Antoni put it this way. You know, before Steve Nash had Amari and John Stockton had Malone and, you know, you can't have one without the other. You really can't. Those sorts of pick-and-roll bigs aren't just acting as an extension of their point guards. They're collaborators. Even if they don't have a direct say in how the ball moves, the Amari Stoudemires of the world change the shape of a possession with every screen and every roll. If their timing or positioning is even slightly off, a golden opportunity might vanish. For Capella, turning his body even a few degrees on the screen can be the difference between Harden getting a clear drive or having a defender nagging at him the whole way through. Setting the screen even a foot higher on the floor might completely change how a defense can approach it. Every detail matters. And the only way to get the pick and roll to work consistently is to nail those details. That process begins with an understanding. Before a screen is ever set, the screener has to know what comes next. It's a responsibility we usually associate with the ball handler, but really, an outlet can only be as effective as its recipient. Capella has to be ready for every possible form of coverage, because each requires something different from him in response. And considering the speed of the action, he has but fractions of a second to figure out what the situation calls for. It just depends on the defense. If you have the ball, I'm coming the screen, they trap you, I'm just going to back up not too far so you have a pocket pass. If I see that the big's not trying to get up, I'm just going to try to set a good screen so you can, uh, you can be open or make the big guard you so I can roll to the rim. Or you can attack the big and I roll to the rim, you throw it up. Or the fact that you're attacking the big and me rolling. The help side is going to come to tag me, which is going to give you an opportunity to find shooters. So it's just, it just depends. Sometimes you slip. It's just every every night is something different that teams trying on us. So it's just all about read. And because he plays for the Rockets, Capella has had to deal with some pretty dramatic changes in coverage. It's not uncommon for a desperate opponent to try two or three different varieties of pick-and-roll defense against Houston in the same game, just to see what might work. And with every change comes a corresponding shift in Capella's approach. That sort of tactical agility has been critical to his development as a player. It's not some coincidence that Capella has made a more consistent impact this year than ever before. He keeps his contributions relevant by changing with the game around him something he didn't always have the awareness to handle even a year or two ago. That he, he reads the defenses, what uh, they're giving us or taking away from, and he responds to it. It's, uh, it's not easy, um, and it's hard to teach. But, you know, some guys just have a knack of understanding the defense coming here. And you gotta, it's a little bit like a quarterback where you feel the defenses, and, uh, and uh, it comes with uh, experience and uh, seeing the defenses over and over and, and then reacting to it. But, uh, he, Quinn is a very smart, intelligent player, and he's learning, but at the same time, he does a heck of a job of recognizing what's happening. There's no better test of those skills than playoff basketball. But the stakes against the Warriors in these Western Conference Finals are especially high. This is an opponent that leaves almost no margin for error. 
there's just a different level of peril involved when even the smallest mistake might turn the ball over into the hands of Kevin Durant or Steph Curry. Houston can hope that a year of building habits would prepare Capella for this moment, but the truth is that you can never really know the terror of the Warriors until they actually have something to play for. And the Warriors, because of how well they defend and the way they choose to, can cut off Houston's access to Capella in ways that other teams can't. Golden State will switch more against Houston than Utah or Minnesota ever did, and more capably, too. Usually when I try to switch, I just slip you know? The switch you slip, gonna be open in the air, that's it. That's the clearest way out, and one that Utah actually tried against Houston's own switching defense in the second round. It worked for about a half. That was all the time it took for the Rockets to adjust, something the Warriors are more than capable of if Capella finds any success slipping to the rim in this series. But Houston isn't Utah. This isn't a rookie guard trying to get the ball to Capella on the roll. It's two of the world's best living playmakers. And the spacing around one of Capella's slips will be immaculate. Because really, that's what the Rockets do. Be it an isolation, or a pick and roll, or a freaking Statue of Liberty play, Houston will spread the floor to the fullest and give its offense every opportunity to thrive. The key is getting Golden State's defense to budge. If you let the Warriors switch and sit, they'll make Harden and Paul work for every shot in isolation, and probably outscore them anyway. But if the Rockets can get those slips to work, or if they can get Harden moving off the ball before he initiates a play, or find some other way of getting Capella actually physically rolling, they'll force invaluable defensive rotation. You need to create that kind of momentum to get anywhere against the Warriors, and Capella has a big part to play there not only as a dunker, but as a decision-maker. Yeah, and also you think it, that on that play, like I'm the second point guard, I have to be able to read what other teams doing to James or, or, or CP. I have to be able to see if they're going to trap them. I have to be able to see if the, the guard's trying to go under him. So I have to, 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 to hold my screen to make, make them have an open shot. Or at the three, or I have to be able to pull the screen to really make them open because sometimes defenders, like, there is better defenders. It's easier for them to deal with screens, so I have to really have to hold the screens and be also able to, when I get the ball in the pocket, be able to make the, ne the next action. And it's important because it gives uh, Chris or James options. Sometimes, like I said, like when, when they're aggressive on them, I just roll and uh, I, make, I make the extra pass. Uh, it makes me important also because like, uh, I was, I'm the second guy who makes the decision. Look, he's not Draymond Green. But the bottom line is that Capella has to be involved, even if he's just giving Houston another conduit into its offense. That's really the philosophy behind his entire game. Capella barely got to catch the ball on the roll in the last round because Utah made rim protection an absolute priority. Still. Capella sprinted into his screens and rolled every time, a pressure that opened up scoring opportunities across the board. Paul made his appreciation known. And I know sometimes he get tired of hearing me and James, you know what I mean, telling him set the screen this way or roll this way, man, but it's, it's, it's crazy. Uh, I mean, y'all know the record when we, when we all play together, and I tell you, it's not because of me and James. <laughs> 
the threat of him at the rim is why I get my floaters, why I get my mid-range. So he he's really the X factor. Capella even makes it easier for Harden and Paul to create for themselves. Houston's isolation play this season was historically effective, in part because it was rarely a pure isolation. The Rockets run ball screen after ball screen until they create the mismatch they want. Curry, for example, is their target of choice against the Warriors. I mean, why would you have Harden attack the best wing defender on the floor when he can mess with a slower big or a smaller point guard instead? And defenses go along with it, because a mismatch on Harden is still better than him throwing a lob to a wide-open Capella. Harden is having what is probably the best isolation season ever, and yet teams still prefer to keep the ball in his hands rather than let it get to Capella. The threat of that lob, in many cases, is what's forcing the switch. And once the switch happens, it's that same threat that causes the help defense to hesitate. All Capella has to do is lurk along the baseline, and he can change an opponent's internal calculus of when and how to provide help. Even if Harden blows by his defender on the perimeter, the rotation isn't automatic. Because the possibility of a lob is its own form of spacing. No one wants to give up two points that easily. Those looks are there for Houston, but the trick in this series, and in any series, is finding ways to stay ahead of an opponent that learns more about you with every game. The Warriors already have a great feel for the patterns of the Rockets' offense, and from here on out, they'll only get more familiar. That leaves Capella and his teammates searching for opportunities against a defense that is both highly intelligent and increasingly predictive. The more you play the same team, and the more they know your tendencies that out. Two days ago you did this, so we know that you, you're looking also for this. So this is what makes the playoff hard, is that the team just get we all get used to play with each other from game one to game four, five, six. So uh, it's just, this is how it gets hard. For the Rockets to consistently create the kinds of shots they want against the Warriors, Capella will need to understand his guards implicitly. Harden and Paul are both brilliant creators, but they also approach the same problems in entirely different ways. It's those differences that make them such effective teammates, because any defensive scheme that Houston encounters will be unraveled from two sides at once. Paul will methodically tug at every weakness just to see how the defense might respond, and Harden, on the other side, will pull on a single strand with such force that he begs opponents to overreact. This, in essence, means that there are two Capellas. The first works with Harden, whose primary goal is to get driving downhill with Capella in tow as quickly as possible. To create that kind of lane, Harden relies on one of the shiftiest off-the-dribble games in the league. If you're playing against him a handful of times a season, it's almost impossible to pin down his timing. Even ace defenders have trouble figuring out exactly how close to guard Harden, since giving up too much space allows Harden room for his step back, but Playing too close risks allowing him to draw contact. This is how Oklahoma City's Andre Robertson, who might be the best perimeter defender in the league, described the quandary of defending Harden on breakaway earlier this season. It's tough. Try not to let him get downhill, um, you know, blow by the top of the key. Uh, that definitely puts um, the defense in a bind. And then secondly, you know, when pick and roll comes, I mean, most of the time you just pick a roll. It's great, great 
great pick and roll maestro. You gotta kind of like fight over the screen, but like not be too aggressive because he's great at draw, drawing fouls um, with the reaches or if you give him too much bump over the screen, he can kind of flop out of it, which he does a real good job at. But it's just, it's just, I don't know, it's tough. It's just a fine art to it. That's a balance because he's just, he's just so great at uh, manipulating you know, the pick and roll. So uh, he put two on the ball. He's either, he got spot up shooters, Trevor Reason, Eric Gordon, uh, CP3 when he's back on, uh, you know, uh, Clint Capella and Nene putting pressure at the rim with the lob. So um, you gotta, gotta balance everything. All of which makes Harden one of the toughest reads in sports. Misdirection is the fiber of his game. And Capella, as his pick and roll partner, has to see the truth beneath Harden's inscrutable moves. His concerns are different from what a defender's would be, but both are in search of the same information. Capella is always parsing which of Harden's hesitations are real and which are merely a setup. He's looking for signs that Harden might accelerate, because if he does, Capella will need to match him. Part of the reason why Capella plays so effectively off of Harden's drives is that he's learned, over time, how to mirror his movements. You get better as you play more with the same players. Uh, like a guy like James Subbing playing with him so long that now I know, uh, I kind of know his moves. I know what he wants, it depends on the time. I know what he's looking for. Sometimes I know that I have to get ready for the offensive rebound. Sometimes I know that he's gonna try to drive. So uh, it's just like, uh, the fact that uh, more you play with the simpler and it, uh, more uh, your job gets easier because you know more your tendencies. Their connection bears out in the fact that Harden assisted Capella more than twice as often as he did any other teammate. In fact, Harden to Capella was the second most prolific assist combination in the entire league this season, despite the fact that they only played 66 games together. But the synergy between the two Rockets is that strong in part because Capella just keeps getting better. Harden has been speaking to that throughout the playoffs. His development, uh, the way he listens, the way he, he competes um, is, is phenomenal, you know, and he just continue to get better, continue to listen and work his butt off, you know, and this series, this season, it, it's been showing, um, you know, playing against guys that we call, or, you know, all-stars or whatever you want to call them. Um, but he doesn't really care about the name. He just goes out there and just does his job every single night. And that's why we're in the position we are. Harden knows that if the defense tilts his way at all, any lob he throws in Capella's general direction is as good as dunked. And Capella? I know by the fact that if I'm open, he's going to pass the ball. And uh, he's still one of the greatest passers that I've ever seen. So it's pretty easy. If you're open, he's going to pass it to you. You can actually see Harden's confidence in Capella articulated most clearly in their missed connections. If he sees Capella running the floor in transition, Harden will fire off lobs from half court. If an opponent happens to be nearby, Harden might still throw the lob, just even higher than normal, trusting that Capella will soar to claim it. The Rockets, across the board, have been told to trust what they do. Their offense doesn't work if guys like PJ Tucker and Trevor Ariza don't pull the trigger on their open threes. And really, they don't reach the same level of efficiency if Harden isn't willing to attempt some bold plays. Capella, as the receiver on those plays, has learned to always have my heads up. Because uh, he's that kind of guy that don't, he's not scared like to lose the ball or about throwing a pass or whatever. He's just throwing it. And that's something that I really 
like and this is something that really makes him special the fact that he doesn't care about losing the ball turnover or whatever he just he sees you that you open your door there's a lot in that relationship for the rockets to work with capella and harden have such vivid chemistry that houston can even run its pick and rolls sideways starting with harden catching the ball in the corner and capella rolling out from there that kind of reorientation completely changes the geometry of the play but when you have two teammates who know each other and know their angles, everything else falls into place. Uh, I think uh, the fact that I've been playing with him for years helps. Just play with one of the greatest, like greatest at his position ever. It just, it just makes my job way easier. And the fact that he's so aggressive and how the confidence to every single night go finish against the big or to the rim, uh, just makes me. Uh, also give me confidence also to do what I do. It would be impossible for Capella to have that kind of relationship with Paul, because there's really only so much you can learn about a teammate in seven months. And beyond that, their dynamic is completely different because Paul is completely different. When Capella catches a pass from Harden, it almost always leads directly to the rim. Harden will keep driving until the defense stops him, and Capella will keep rolling until the alley-oop comes. Paul moves at a different speed. He used to live in Lob City, but he got tired of it. So he packed up his things and left town, specifically so that he could share the creative load with Harden. A change of pace was part of the appeal. This is where we find the other version of Capella, one that understands every pick and roll with Paul to be part of a more deliberate process. That starts with the screen itself, a mechanism that works differently for Paul than it does for Harden. In this case, Capella isn't just making contact to give his guard a runaway. He's buying as much time as he possibly can. Uh, Chris needs a little bit more space, so I'm trying to hold more of the screen. Which, make, uh, by holding the screen with him, makes his job easier, uh, creates space for him how to look for the shot, how to read all the situation, go back or make a cross. So with Chris, uh, it's more holding the screen and let it read and uh, give him more time. Paul's creative process is sprawling. After working around a capella screen, he might weave through the lane and back up toward the top of the floor, leaving the help out of position and another defender scrambling behind him. He's not as big as James. James just can go one-on-one uh, -on -one against the big. Uh, Chris is more a guy that you look around him, uh, try to play a bit with the big. He, I would say that Chris just take more his time, and James just goes to him because he's big and strong. Capella's job is still to roll, but into specific spaces. He'll find a pocket in the lane or a deep seal against a mismatched opponent. Paul's goal is to make the defense as uncomfortable as possible and Capella has learned how to agitate with his very presence. It turns out that if you take the league leader in field goal percentage and park him just so, the defense won't quite know whether it's supposed to collapse around him or not. And so with every pass, Paul demands something relatively new of Capella. He wants him to make a move. He wants Capella to catch the ball at 10 feet, take a hard dribble, and pivot his way into a layup. He wants Capella to get the ball mid-stride and Euro-step around the defense. He wants to see Capella claim position, pump fake, step through, 
and shatter any preconceived notion that he's some kind of mindless dunker. I mean, the sky's the limit for Clint. There's really some truth to that. He won't ever be able to create offense as well as Carl Anthony Towns, but Capella can play within his role in a way that dominates Towns in a playoff series. A team like Utah might scheme to take away what Capella does best, but then it can't deny the opportunities he creates for the rest of the Rockets, even at the expense of the likely defensive player of the year in Rudy Gobert. Houston has the flexibility to go as small as it needs to in this series, but it's hard to imagine a path to beating Golden State that doesn't involve Capella playing some of the highest level basketball of his career. And if he gets there, it'll be because playing with Paul has made Capella a more well-rounded player. It'll be because he poured through old film of Amari Stoudemire. Not for the lobs, but for the timing and the footwork. For the value that Amari found in delay. Steve Nash deserves credit for always keeping his dribble alive. But it was Stoudemire who turned those extended detours into a devastating weapon. Capella is figuring out how he can do the same. Sometimes, that results in a dunk. More often, Capella attracts so much attention that Houston gets another wide-open look whether from a corner marksman or one of the best mid-range shooters in modern NBA history. The pick-and-roll with Paul is a waiting game. And the longer it goes, the greater the chance that Capella and the Rockets will get just what they want. Capella's game seems simple, which is really the proof of how much information he's absorbed. Anyone can listen to what a coach tells them and consciously enact it. But other players pick up on that sort of thing from miles away. There's really nothing more blatant than a player trying to execute a game plan they haven't fully processed. They navigate the floor with all the subtlety of a student driver. What separates players like Capella is their immersion. Capella can't do everything, but what he does, he does smoothly. He's seen every coverage, he's made the reads available to him, and he's done an effective job of internalizing it all. The lessons from walkthroughs and film sessions now come almost automatically. We can roll something action really fast, so that, 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 that little, that point, that point one second that you don't think makes your job easier, that point second then you think more, it's, it's gonna get harder. There's a tendency in basketball circles to look at every athletic center as if he could do what Capella does. You know, be a Tyson Chandler type. But the reason more players don't play like Capella is really simple. It's because they can't. They're not as coordinated. They're not as explosive. They don't have the hands to rein in both wild lobs and sharp pocket passes. They don't learn as quickly or they won't accept criticism. They don't dedicate themselves to what can be a hard and thankless job. Some want to shoot threes. Others want to post up instead. You don't think Clint Capella wants to post up? Clint, do you want to post up? When I get the opportunity, it's something that I love to do. You always love to show your skills, so yeah, of course. Of course. But he knows that the Rockets have better options. And those options involve him running to set screens, diving to the basket, sprinting in transition, chasing after rebounds. It's constant. Watch Capella throughout the Western Conference Finals and take note of all the times that he runs when other players jog. He had to work up to the point where he could expend that much energy all the time. Because before that, 
his stamina had been an issue for years. First, it was the reason he wasn't playing more, and then it became the reason why he sat during fourth quarters. Whenever I was not finishing the games, I figured out that it was something that maybe needs to work on you. So he did. Capella ate better, and he got in the weight room, and he grew into the kind of center who could give the Rockets 35 all-out minutes. He did what so many others don't. And in the process, he became one of the very best players of his kind. He took to a role that most bigs in the NBA don't want, and he embodied it so perfectly as to get this kind of endorsement from his coach. Uh, you know, now I know that he plays the way that, that we play, but in that role that he has, there's nobody better in the league. What he does, there's nobody better. Which means that Capella, who is about to hit restricted free agency this summer, is about to make a ton of money. But as it stands now, Houston's entire season rides on two intersecting truths. The first, that Capella is an essential part of how the Rockets play. And the second, that the Warriors exert an incredible amount of pressure on opposing centers. Trot out any kind of traditional big man, and Golden State will make their life miserable. They'll run them around screens, pull them out 30 feet from the basket, and force them into long rotations. Most teams turn to smaller lineups as an act of survival. Already we've seen Tucker play some center for the Rockets, and even Ryan Anderson logged a few minutes there. But what gives Capella some staying power in this series is that he looks like the rare center who can actually switch. Capella handled more switching possessions than any player in the league this season, according to Synergy Sports, and he shuffled his feet well enough to get by. In the playoffs, he's been even better. Players like Jimmy Butler and Donovan Mitchell haven't been able to get anywhere against Capella's length. His one-on-one -on -one defense has held up, in part because it's become a point of pride. I want to be able to uh, really be dominating, rebounding-wise, blocking shots, uh, and really be able to, to guard those guards. Uh, this is why we're switching, because of my abilities to, to guard the, the perimeter, uh, perimeter players. Even Curry and Durant had their trouble working around Capella in Game 1, which is a big reason why he was able to stay on the floor. But his trial by switch is still in its earliest stages. Golden State has ways of attacking that matchup they haven't shown yet. And they might even get to them if they stop picking on Harden's defense instead. Capella will have to hold up. And if anything, he'll have to do more. Playing against the Warriors can be a clarifying experience. Because eventually, they'll put Capella to the fire. And D'Antoni will have to consider just how much he trusts his center, and whether Capella's contributions are really something the Rockets can afford to limit or to lose. Somewhere deep down, they already know the answer. Thanks for listening. 
Breakaway will continue soon with another exploration of the NBA world. Subscribing through iTunes or your favorite podcast app is the easiest way to keep up, but every episode will also be available on si.com. In the meantime, please help us spread the word to anyone you think might enjoy this podcast, and consider leaving us a review on iTunes. If you have any questions or comments, you can send them to breakawaypod at gmail.com, or you can find me on Twitter, at Rob Mahoney. Breakaway is produced by me, Rob Mahoney, with special thanks to Matt Dollinger and Ben Eagle. Until next time.